Hello and welcome to the Animation Communication Podcast, your source for discussion about animation, film, fandom, and more. So please join your host, I Love Kim Possible a Lot, or KP, and Lauren Kizich, the Abbey Roadie, for today's discussion. If you like what you hear, please remember to support by giving a like, a follow, as well as subscribing to the main I Love Kim Possible a Lot channel on YouTube. Spread the word and keep being a part of a great community. This episode is appropriate for all ages. Hi everyone, welcome to the summer edition of Animation Communication, where we do episodes when we can, essentially. <laughs> so usually we do them every Wednesdays, and now we just do them whenever. It's, days. it's, it's, it's hard when it, we're constantly busy nowadays that it's a grind. So, so we're trying to make sure that we get episodes whenever we can. Uh, you know, life throw life comes at you pretty fast. It's if like COVID messed up everything. <laughs> yeah, and then when people are starting to come back and stuff like that, yeah, different things come up, different opportunities come up, different. Yeah, you know, everything kind of gets uh, thrown off kilter again as things start to kind of go back to being functional as they were before, but not really. <laughs> Lauren, so, do you um, feel comfortable sharing some things that are going on in your in your life right now over the summer? Uh, other than I am working with DA Games on a freelance basis right now, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's but, that's what I meant. You didn't have to tell everyone. Oh, okay. Well, I'm a, I, well, at the very <laughs> least, I've, I'm on my second project with them right now. Um, uh, I've been doing a couple DA Games animated projects with them. Uh, working in storyboarding and stuff like that, uh, which technically becomes the animation anyway. But hey, I get more experience in Storyboard Pro. Woo! So, uh, <laughs> but uh, otherwise, I'm, I'm I'm cram jamming on commissions and all that stuff right now. But uh, uh, but yeah. So anyway, that's me. <laughs> oh yeah, and I'm I'm going back to art school for now because networking is hard, especially with COVID. So. I don't know how, I mean, it's great if you're already in the industry from what I understand, because like, it's like, look at all the jobs, but like outside it's so like, how do we know you're good? Meet us. Oh, COVID. Ah, so, and correct me if I'm wrong, Lauren, but LA is kind of having a harder time relapse, not relapsing, recovering from COVID, right? Uh, Yes and no. I think it was more the, the live action industry that was hit harder by COVID, um, it seems like animation was able to quickly kind of counter all of that by doing the work from home stuff. Um, it seems like things are starting to reset back to normal though. Uh, but what's nice is that a lot of places are still offering the flexibility of, even if it's for a time being of being able to work from home and then being transitioned back to the office, or if some positions are like, well, you accept for remote work. So uh, it depends. And then, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's still hard because it's still highly competitive but at the very least what has been shown in the past year is how quickly and and actually pretty seamlessly yeah at least from the outside how seamlessly uh animation seemed to adapt to the what i would say is the new normal uh especially when whole films like disney and pixar and all that stuff were making from their homes and they would say it at the very end of their credits uh, saying made from you know made from our living rooms and studies in our pajamas and slippers <laughs> so uh 
so I mean, which actually has a little something to do with uh, what we uh, what we're going to talk about today. Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, uh, I oh yeah, I remember what I was going to say. I was like, that's a lot. That's a lot of words. Um, I just decided to at least go back to school for the time being. Um, maybe get my master's in animation. Just depending, I just need a job, man, like an industry job, and I don't know, being out in LA for an extended period of time scares me especially because all my mental problems help me or make it harder for me to network. Oh, anxiety is hard. Lauren, how do you do it? What's the secret? Uh, hyperfixations. <laughs> <laughs> Just solve it with a, with a figurine here and a doodle there. We've got to ward off all the, all the anxiety with like our doodle sacrifices. It's just uh, for me, Lupin. Anyway, <laughs> People know that. Yeah, if it, yeah, everybody following me at this point knows that. <laughs> like all, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a simple and effective solution. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Just and it's leave. not, it's not drugs and alcohol, so that, you know, <laughs> just, just trade one problem for another. It's, <laughs> it's not a problem if I enjoy it, and if I'm not putting other people at risk. Anyway, I mean, where, where, where's the sipping rehab when you need it? Um, <laughs> Okay, um, oh, and um, another update for the class before we go into um, regular animation news. So I I guess last week, I don't remember. Anyway, um, I just got confirmed for Everfree Northwest, I guess, Woo! if you care about that. That's a pony, uh, My Little Pony convention. I don't really know at this point who are bronies and who, who are not. So, you know. And we're entering you... a new frontier, too, with a whole bunch of people that'll be... They're either like maybe coming back for round two with the, or whatever round uh, with Gen Five coming out, and at the same time you're gonna have people who are also going like maybe I didn't give Gen Four a chance, maybe Gen Five will be able to get attached them because I even saw a, a number of people say at first I looked at Gen Four like I am I I'm like I like some characters, but then some of the main six or whatever it was just like uh oh, they bothered me i didn't like them they didn't they didn't grab my attention and there's some people who are like wow gen 5 it seems like i like all the leads so far they're very promising so i mean you never know it could be a new crowd yeah i mean i'm i haven't decided yet if i'm gonna cover the movie it just depends if there's anything in there that i personally want to talk about uh, i think the movie comes out on in september or something right september yep. like mid-september Netflix. Like, i think but, it's Sept september 23rd if i remember yeah but um i've said it before but like discord's my favorite and he's like the only one i care a lot a lot about so if he's not in it I mean, he's he could kinda, be in it. He could be immortal. in it. He's he's immortal, and this is like in the future. Everyone else is dead, so he's could show up. But you know, I don't think they're legitimately, or at least gonna... very least, could be referenced, or somehow he'll be brought. And even if it's not in the movie, who knows? Because I, I mean, think, obviously I mean, they're going to follow it up with a series after this. That I, th I mean, I think if if he shows back up and John Delancey voices him, like I, I like Peter do a lot, but it's just it's just not the same. Um, I guess we'll take that on case by case basis, but now John Delancey's doing Picard or whatever, and it's 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 very juxtapositiony because it's just like, oh, it's that guy that I kind of know, sort of, but not really. That stares at me <laughs> at conventions. Oh, he's in Pat. New um, what is it? 
Uh, Patrick Stewart is just, like, one of those celebrities that, like, it's just, like, a legend, like, you hear about them, but, like, I've never seen Patrick Stewart in person. I don't think he exists, really, so. It's a real, <laughs> it's a weird, weird time for my brain. He's just a, he's just a really good Photoshop job in a lot of photos. That's why he's always so bald, so he's green, someone's green screen playing him. That's why he never ages. Hair. He's just the same guy that they've Photoshopped into, into photos over the years. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. Anyway, um, so Everfree Northwest is in Seattle, Washington, August 13th to the 15th. Um, if you're interested, I recommend you listening to our last podcast that we recorded like three months ago or something. something that was like two weeks ago. Uh, it wasn't that long I, ago. It's been eight, it's been eight I know, it five feels like years. Yeah, so I recommend you look at, listening to that if you're like, I would like to go to a convention, but how do I do it without spending, like, millions of mo- monies? Because I think a lot of, especially kids, when I say kids, like, yeah, 15 to 17, they see these cons. They're like, these look, like, fun. And they're like, well, I can't afford a hotel by myself. Flying, my mom would never let me fly in a plane by myself. There's a lot of logistical things that, um, you know, can potentially scare you, but... If you just do your research, it's not as scary as it seems. And Everfree, because they are so organized and nice, and they're the only pony con I will do at this point for the most part. Um, yeah, I have a little. A lot of, I've heard a lot of lovely, lovely things about Everfree Northwest. So if you have the opportunity to go, please go, go support them because, especially as you know, as we're coming back into. Uh, into the convention era again, uh, you know, post-COVID, or at least even though COVID's still around, it's mostly post-freakout about COVID and not knowing what to do and not holding conventions because of it. Go support your local conventions. And if you're in the, I mean, hey, if you're in Seattle, go support it. You know, it's right Yeah, there. you got nothing to lose. I mean, I don't, I don't think anyone's ever come that's like, I had a friend from high school that showed up to last Everfree because just because she was in the area that's just like, oh, KP told me to come here. And he and she was like, what's going on? So it's, um, <laughs> you know, I recommended for people like my real life friends who like want to come with me to the convention. They're just like, how how do I do this? Just because it's just so like meticulously well organized. But, you know, if you're really not into the pony scene, there's like. As long as you're flexible with your point of entry as far as the panels, like it's usually like video editing and ponies or like character mm-hmm. analysis and ponies. So there are a lot of really good panels. They just happen to be shaped around like a pony themed element. So that's better it's, it's than like just... Going, it's like Go going ahead. to anime expo like or an, even anime conventions. It doesn't always mean it's just going to be... Yeah, there's going to be a lot of it, but... It doesn't mean that that's all it is. There's a yeah. ton of panels and, and booths and vendors and all these people that'll cater to your every need. And so, uh, so yeah, you never know. It's it's kind of like, a, it's, it's yeah, I, I, I guess you could say it's kind of like going, uh, the feeling of, you go to a swap meet, you never know what you're going to find. <laughs> yeah, so, um, you know, and... I'm so I'm so proud because I they they announced me and I was like, are you sure you just want to like regular announcing me? Like it's I don't have any like bad blood anymore for the most part, but always like paranoid and afraid someone's just gonna be mean on the internet to me now. Um but no one no one posted a mean comment anywhere and I'm just like, yes, yes. So um please don't like go it go 
back and be like, I listen to podcasts and I'm going to put KP as a butt on the Twitter comments. No. <laughs> well, um, now that she mentioned it, <laughs> I'm going to go back now. KP is a butt. But yeah, even on the website, they even have a price breakdown. Um, if you go to how much will it cost under register and mm-hmm. it will like give you a breakdown as far as like general flights, if you're splitting the rooms with people, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, generally, if you're splitting a four-bedroom w- room with someone and you have, it should cost around four to five hundred, like, not not incredibly crazy amounts, uh, but... Oh, yeah, if you're, well, yeah, if you're sharing with four people, maybe two beds or something, or... yeah. Two beds you, and a fold-out couch. If you want to have which, eight I people mean, in a, hey, in a, in a works, room, man. that's on you. If you're like, I'm going to spend 30, I'm committed to spend only $30 on the hotel, then okay, but you know, you have fun sleeping in the bathtub, my friend, but you can do it if that's how, if that's how bad you really want to go. Yeah, so just but, plan ahead. Plan ahead yeah. with a group of friends. You know, be smart about it. Yeah, so um, I'm getting booked for like, you know, cons every like a little bit this this often so just expect to be like hey guys i have a con announcement so we have that and the only other news which is for the children so i think we can cover it quickly before we get it's into funny the actual that I, news Go ahead. i just realized it's funny because technically i want to say maybe sort of i mean officially you can say this is the first time you've on the podcast since we started it that you've been able to announce that you are going to be at a com- convention like confirmed because in the time that we started it was around the time just before covid hit and well, yeah that conventions weren't around or anything or at least conventions were going to happen but they had can't been canceled or something like that so it's kind of funny when i'm putting it in perspective go wait a minute I don't think we ever had an announcement for a convention like this. Well, we we had one last week where I said, like, there's two I'm getting confirmed for, but not one well, yeah, that, yeah, like, but that's hot, why hot off the presses kind of thing. Right, right, right. I was saying, like, 100% confirmed or yeah. whatever it announced. I'm talking about that. But, I mean, like, in other ones, I'm like, wow, we've been running this for over a year now, and that's the first time yeah, <laughs> we've been running we're, we're this doing through it. COVID, man. I don't know how this is going to work through doing like going back to school with conventions i'm trying not to worry about it right now because as stressful as conventions are like they also are really fun and they help me organize my time a lot so Mm -hmm. i'm already starting to get like pre-done pieces when i say pieces like computer paper drawings but they're nice they're really pretty i promise i'm spending (laughs) a lot of time on them but that's like the traditional thing people will draw on when they're you know doing commissions on site or whatever um, but the other announcement is the second convention I'm going to in August, which is Nerd, which is Nerdfest, which is in Davenport, Idaho, if I remember correctly. It doesn't say on the website, <laughs> so I'm going off memory. Um, they're collecting items for their silent auction that I am help running, and they the profits are going towards. Let me look it up. Um, I think like a children's Bethany for children's and families. So I think it's a, it's, it doesn't, the website doesn't really say, but it's, or the Twitter handle doesn't really say, but it looks like it's, it's a for a good cause. So it looks like they give grants out to kids and needs and stuff like that. So that's good. Yay, children. So um, <laughs> if you have anything, you're going to that one. Okay. That's for, I don't want to make everyone feel bad who's not going. So uh, what are, what are the other news things that we can talk about? 
Okay, so uh, I can say that it, it was interesting because I had to add this headline this morning, or at least uh, you know, have it in mind for it. Uh, I guess it's been, either at this point it's been speculation, it's rumored, uh, until we have it 100% confirmed, but uh, Gendy Tartakovsky's Popeye movie, which was teased years ago with uh, test footage, um, which we all know with Sony Animation, they love doing kind of like the, the super flexible rubber hose kind of like uh, rubber kind of animation, uh, where it's a lot of model breaking and all that stuff. And Popeye was going to be one of those very special movies that, uh, you know, it was around the time that they were also working on Hotel Transylvania stuff. So it was a lot more of that kind of similar style. And hey, that was Gendy's stuff too. Um but uh, it's rumored that they may be picking up production on it again. And I, I, I think it's supposed to be still at Sony. So remaining hopeful, but that was really cool to, to get that update. So even in, just to hear anything about that, because a lot of people have been saying over the years how badly they wanted this movie because of how good the test footage was and saying, like, mm-hmm. we could have had this. We could have had this, but they gave us emoji movie. Like, and that was actually, if I remember, at the time when that footage dropped, that's when they said, "Oh, that's when execs greenlit the emoji movie, and put the uh, input Popeye back on the shelf." So I mean, <laughs> so that says that says something. Um, but it's really it, it gives me hope. And then um, another headline also related today uh, to today, I should say. Uh, is that uh, if you haven't popped onto Disney Plus lately or considering getting it if you don't have it, I think now's the time to get it if you love Monsters, Inc. Because Monsters at Work, Pixar's first official animated TV show that is... Well, I, I wouldn't TV say... TV show. I, well, it's... I'm not Serious. saying it's not including... Well, I'm not including Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. I'm talking about CG animated, like, officially. Yeah, yeah, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command wasn't officially Pixar anyway, so. Yeah, and so, uh, uh, but to have an actual canon continuation to Monsters, Inc., right after the events of Movie 1, by the way, uh, which is really, really, uh, really fun idea to play with and so it makes me wonder i think a lot of people are speculating if boo will show up at some point in the series um there there's been rumors that she will but we won't know when um but uh it's so far got a lot of like uh, wonderful comedic talent at, at the at inside the vocal uh, in the voice acting booth for this one uh even henry winkler's as a part of the cast as well uh, but they also brought back uh, Billy Crystal and John Goodman to reprise their roles as, as Mike and Sully. Uh, apparently, Gabriel Iglesias plays like the sh- the the shadow to Mike's Sonic. Uh, with a, he's another. Oh yeah, I saw I saw Mike, a little like Mike little purple species. white. His the, name's the purple guy, Gary, I believe. Oh yeah, my God. <laughs> I think he's like yeah, he's blue with a brown eye, but he's uh, but yeah, it's supposed to be his arch nemesis at work. Uh, because mind you, uh, Randall isn't in the series anymore. He got ousted. Uh, so, I mean, this literally takes place right after the events of movie one, where everybody is changing the company over to laugh power instead of scare power. We need a diet Randall in here. (laughs) So I'm like, I'm, I've yet to check out the episodes because they, I think the first two dropped today. So they will be airing them episodically. 
So it's something that you will have to tune in for. It's not like they drop a whole season on you. So, um, so they do that on purpose. Yeah. Sorry. I keep on interrupting you. (laughs) No, it's a, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's, but I mean, Hey, you're right. They do do it on purpose because they want to make sure people keep coming back to the app and it's like, uh, and come back to the service. Uh, if it's not like on a weekly basis, every two week basis or whatnot. Um, but I'm very excited to check it out. Uh, Especially, I'm totally not going to say that there was a bias because people told me that I looked like boo when I grew up because of my pigtails. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, I was never like super into the Monsters, Inc. brand, but I, I respect it. So, you know, and I'll probably still watch it, though. Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say uh, highly relevant, too, when you think about the ever-changing work landscape and how they say with uh, millennials in particular, how many jobs they'll work in a life and how many times they'll change careers even. Uh, This one's very relevant based off of the trailers of what I've seen for it, Uh, is that Tyler, who is one of our main protagonists, he's he's like a fresh out of college graduate out of Monsters University, and he gets accepted into Monsters, Inc. for his first job, and then he realizes that they are no longer doing scaring. So he's Ooh. been trained in a, in a in a major that is defunct, oh. and he's going into. And that's hits, why I'm like, oh. it hits too close <laughs> to home, Lauren. We need to run. Uh, it was it, it just it cracked me up because I'm like I could laugh at it like yeah yeah that's pretty much it really do be like that. Uh, <laughs> do you want to give people um, context for people who are like, what are they talking about? Uh, in terms of the show or in terms, in terms of, the, of the industry. <laughs> Oh, uh, it just, it's, I mean, any industry really will keep changing, but it's like anybody that nowadays, it seems like, um, especially with technology and how that changes and what certain demands are of the industries, particularly in animation, when there's a lot of new tools to learn, there's a lot of formats that are changed. There's a lot of uh, things in the pipeline that are updated. Uh, basically change happens, change happens. You got to change with it. Uh, it's very much a it's very much commentary at least in that even that little blip you could tell it's very much going to be commentary um about that kind of landscape and how quickly things change and how on a dime literally anything can change and you just got to be ready um but i do, i i mean, i had i had to laugh at it going like yeah that's yeah you laugh at the reality of it because I yeah, see that's you. pretty much how it is <laughs> <laughs> it's made by people going through the same thing so i mean hey come on <laughs> but they already have um, jobs lord and they already have jobs. <laughs> <laughs> hey in the industry in the industry we all know it, it can be project to project or you're there for a gig you know it's it's a it's gonna be it's a constant process so i mean you got it again it, the whole theme is is change and changing with the change uh, when will we get up. to the ride? This it's, is the ride. It's it's a it's a mad race. But anyway, it's uh, <laughs> but I I did have to laugh. I I did have to laugh at that as part of the part of the the whole theme of the especially with the what they're introducing you with this being a continuation right after the ending of the first movie, which is yes, the whole discovery that laugh is more powerful. Laughter is more powerful than screams. That they are like, okay, we're going to quickly change over to laugh power. And you go, how fast did this change? How fast did they establish themselves? And this basically, I guess, would take place right in that time frame where apparently that changed so quickly. They haven't updated their employee, like uh, their their employee uh, uh, 
handbooks or their or introduction videos of saying like you know like welcome to the company and stuff so there's a lot of there's going to be a lot of jokes of that saying like you know this is how quickly everything changed that their even their their employee introduction videos like the worker training videos haven't even been updated <laughs> so so oh yeah, no Did it, didn't the I'm big spider guy get get ousted by like the yep. fbi they, like, and, he and be they in there <laughs> and they mention it i have seen a clip i can say i have seen a clip that it's from the the point that they show the employee training video and tyler's watching it and it says, you know, by our, you know, a company led by our esteemed CEO. And, he, and the video is quickly paused, like, not esteemed anymore. He's headed to the big house. <laughs> I'm just like, wow. They just, like, really are really throwing the jokes at you real fast. And, and making sure that the continuity is there. It's like, here's a quick rundown just to make sure that you're up to speed on this. Yeah, remember this at the end of the first movie? Yeah, this is good. This is all going to run on that same tangent. Where were you so, in 2004 or whatever this movie came out? Uh, the, the first one came out in 2001, I believe, I was close. Actually. I was yeah, close. it was early 2000s. Um, yeah, I think it was 2001. Yeah. But it was, um, yeah, it, it tells you. And then we had our sequel, which was technically the prequel. Honestly, that one gets so much flack. And I don't, it, I, I personally enjoyed it. I don't know. I especially saw it at a time when I was in college in a in a sorority. So I mean, yeah, you could say, oh, this is just like every '80s college film ever. Going like, well, I enjoyed it, and it's and it showed a lot of the monster stuff. They had fun with it. They clearly did, and it had a very good moral at the end of it. So I'm like, you know what? I enjoyed it. <laughs> so everybody can go sit in the corner because I I stand by Monsters University being a lot of fun. So. <laughs> that's valid oh i have updates too if you want me to talk about yes, updates that we didn't talk about okay so um for those of you who play disney heroes uh the most important disney update or the most important disney- <laughs> um so <laughs> it's it's an app thing um so there's two i've talked about this before but for those who are new uh there's two apps there's disney heroes which is the 2d based one and there's sorcerer's arena which is the 3d based one because the 2d's and because the 2D one has been around longer, as well as 2D sprites being much easier to produce than 3D um, 3D ones, then they can add more characters into the game as well um, faster. So they just added, dun dun dun, dun they just added Shigo and Ron to the unlockable heroes list. So I haven't, I I've I've just unlocked Ron. I don't know. Shigo's not really unlockable right now unless you want to spend real people money, which I am not willing so to Kim do. So Kim and Draken are there, right? Kim and Draken are already in there. I don't know why they did yeah. this order, but Shigo is technically the last one because Ron was the special character that you can unlock for July, and then they just added Shigo, like, in the update like yesterday or something like that. I don't know why they didn't do Shigo and Kim first. It doesn't make any sense but i think i think whatever they did it because they want to have a balance of a male and female character no and then and i'm then mad top... go ahead i was gonna say on top of that it's kim versus draken at, at the end of the day it is because he's technically when you think of it is i know it's draken and chico as a duo but when you think about them releasing a male and female character at the same time it, it kind of makes sense that they try to balance it out that way just like they would release ron and chico in the follow-up it's male and female so you balance it out I don't yeah, know. maybe that maybe that's just my obs- observation of it. 
I don't know. I guess, like, I said this before, but Draken's not traditionally a fighting character, like, at all. That's the whole point of Shigo. So to have him be released first without Shigo is just like, ha, ah, what's, what's he gonna do? He's gonna hit people with his bad puns, I guess. So, you know. Whatever. <laughs> no, it just Whatever, I'm happy. to take care of it and she's not there. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna run away now. <laughs> Best. Um, Good, good, good story. Ever. Good fan fiction. Um, so that, and the second announcement that I have is um, before I let Lauren get back to the other uh, the other things. Um, or Lauren, do you want to do one first, and I'll do the one in between? Uh, uh, yeah, I guess I'll say one more. Uh, okay. Uh, at least as of recording this, uh, we are expecting the trailer for Disney's Encanto. Uh, which is Lin-Manuel's next musical film. This is the year of Lin-Manuel, man. I'm just, I'm, and I'm living for it. Um, it I, if you guys haven't seen it in the Heights, please go see it. It's actually definitely worth the big screen experience too. If you have, if you are still not sure if you're going to try seeing a movie in a theater yet, please do it for in the Heights. Do it. And, and every, every theater is doing it, uh, doing all these things for safety and stuff like anyway. So, um, just make sure and go and experience it on a big screen. It's a lot of fun. So I'm excited about Encanto. And uh, basically what they teased is a poster for today. But we'll be expecting some kind of a trailer tomorrow as of recording this. So so that usually equals like, or a week after. So you... by the time this is uh, released, it'll already have been released. But yeah, you know, whatever. Like, some people, In the some future. people may have not seen it by that time. So you don't know. Okay, my other update is something that I'm very happy with. So um, one of the things I like to study, and I'll probably make a point of this in a future video, um, is I like to study how, specifically how Disney brands are being changed by the amount of time that goes on. So we're releasing mm -hmm. a big video that isn't done, um, hopefully relatively soon. The, the majority of, the, it's like 45 minutes. Anyway, the majority of the mm -hmm. video is done, but uh, we're still waiting on outside assets and I talk about it there. But um, you know how like lesser love movies. So I talk about Treasure Planet a lot because no one else really does. But um, Hunchback specifically is getting a lot of revisitation post this this particular political scene, I should say, and even before then, as far as, you know, just because someone is religious doesn't necessarily mean equal good, mean or equal good person, um, you know, and also, like, it's, it's amazing, like, I don't think the fucking gargoyles are as bad as everyone complains they are, like, it's, we, you know, they're unnecessary, but at the same time, there are so I feel much like there are worse, more annoying. There are worse characters. I mean, like there are worse things. There are so much more. So yeah, so many more annoying characters in other films. Do I think they are kind of a distraction in the movie? Yeah, kind of, sorta. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, but it gets back to the drama and the and the gravitas of that. I'm like, okay, as long as we have that, good. And anyway, the stage musical also doesn't have the gargoyles at least they do have the gargoyles but they don't have them in that format they're meant to be more dramatic so anyway so now that covid's over and now um that disney is running out of their a-list movies to remake i think they're still doing a little mermaid uh but production has been kind of a hot yes. mess from what i could tell um yeah, they're still making it because i think there were some uh, production images that were snapped on set or whatever that that surfaced uh so as far as I know, that's still working, but yeah, I don't, 
I don't know what the uh, status of, of of how things are going on that is. Besides, yeah. So it's I mean, happening. they're 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 running out. Of, they already did Beauty and the Beast. They've been Aladdin. Like you know, they did one hundred and one Dalmatians. I guess technically, they're kind of picking already at the at the. I think they should have spread them out more. But when, why do I know? Like anyway, um. So Hunchback specifically is kind of becoming more prominent in popular culture. I think because a lot of um, the Lindsay Ellis video that came out a couple of years ago. I love Lindsay um, in general. It's a great video too. Yeah, it's it's Just a really to... good video. Um, and like, I that's one of the reason I hope to kind of gain a bigger audience because I want to have that effect on like films that I feel like deserve it, like Treasure Planet and more Treasure Planet and things like that because. Um, but now with Disney Plus, people are rediscovering these movies, and it's not so much a box office fight. It's more just like, I'm bored. This is available. So it's not like a movie's success is not dependent on how much money they make at the box office. It's just dependent on how many people are watching it. And if people are just, people already have Disney Plus, then odds are they're not going to cancel it unless they just are not interested in it or they only like Star Wars or something like that. So. Long story short, they're releasing a new, new, new Esmeralda doll that's available for pre-order that I probably won't get because I already have too many. Um, it's a twenty-five, <laughs> it's a twenty-fifth anniversary version, and it's kind of a more complicated version of her her main outfit. Um, so they previously they had the Midnight Masquerade line that we've talked about before, where they had they had Meg and they had Esmeralda and they had some of the princesses and they had a Hades and Yzma and all these characters that like, Oh, that's nice that they're doing things for them. It's good that we care. So same Hercules is kind of in a similar ball field as far as people being like, I like Hercules. And then Disney's like, we like your money. So, um, anyway, so I'm, and I'm, I was, I'm kind of surprised about it because Again, they just released the Midnight Masquerade like a year ago. I have that one. It's appreciating value, but it was still like kind of expensive. So it, it's already doubled in value. Yay, KP. But anyway, um, so I have that one. And then they have the basic Esmeralda doll that was released like with the basic Meg doll that they did with the new sculpts. Um, and now they have this one with the same sculpt, but they're just di- different outfits. So I'm surprised that releasing they're releasing another one, right? At, they've already released two in last year. But, hey, I'm not complaining. Whatever gets that hunchback money, hey, do you have any thoughts, Lauren? Um, I guess sort of related point to that. I don't know if it has to do with them closing more Disney stores as they're trying to push for more online sales. Not sure. But, I mean, kind of relevant is that they um, they just announced that the original, the very first Disney store, physical Disney store in Glendale uh, is closing I yeah, I saw that in this <sighs> month. And yeah, no joke, it was the first one and now it's closing. So it's it's a lot is riding on these toy sales going through online now. Um I remember the days when they had the catalogs, man. I I, I don't know if they ever still do the catalogs. I think they're trying to save on print and savings. Yeah, and it's not but, it's um, not green at this point. But uh but yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of these um fantastic products but they were trying to push more especially to encourage people to shop online as they're trying to transition the stores out which i feel like that hurts a little bit because i I like the experience of going into a disney store i agree 
But if the if it's if people are already just staying home and they're so used to staying home at this point, then you know uh, they're shopping online and they're just going to save money on real estate by getting rid of them. It just kind of hurts that it's the original that they're getting rid of. I mean, to be honest, it, I mean for California uh, location specifically, I mean, can't you just still go down to go to downtown Disney and buy Disney merch there? I mean, if you want to make the trek down to Orange County, unless you're in Orange County. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's a haul. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm saying there's there's options, though. It's not just there's like, options, oh, no Disney but, yeah. store. Now I have to use my computer. So There's options. It's just they're not going to be as easily accessible anymore. Um, I guess they might, like, keep the one in Times Square, because that one's really cool. Um, but, I mean, yeah, a lot of these other stores, like, that, that flagship store is going to go away. But, um, but yeah, and it just, I don't know, it, they're, I guess they're, tr again, trying to promote a lot more stuff to be sold online as they're weeding out all of the physical locations. I don't know if it has anything to do with it, but, yeah, I felt it was relevant because Disney Store, and that's yeah. where you would be buying them, so. Uh, do you want to talk about the last thing? Uh, yeah, so, uh. Adams Family 2 Electric Boogaloo. Uh, <laughs> um, so the Adams Family 2 just dropped a trailer today. Um, and uh, it's supposed to be coming out later this year. I remember actually last year during COVID, they had they ran some kind of contest where you'd be able to uh, win the opportunity to be a voice in the sequel. So I already knew it was going to happen, that it was slated to happen. Uh, but, uh, but now we know that the, it's coming out later this year and, um, it's, uh, Adam's family road trip pretty much, uh, based off of what I could see and hear, uh, is that, um, is that, uh, Pugsley Adams has a different voice actor now. It's not going to be Finn Wolfhard. Uh, and I guess it's, they wanted to make him sound younger. Because Finn Wolfhard, he's already, even when he was in the Addams Family in the first one, he had already gone through puberty, so he already had this, like, uh, you know, mature-sounding voice, and so they decided to age him back a little bit and vocally. Um, but they've also taken note from what many people said was that the, I guess you could say the, quote, human characters or just, like, the people that weren't the Addams Family, the, the, those regular, average, everyday people models were not, uh, were not good to look at <laughs> for a lot of people. They were not attractive designs. Um, and in some cases, some people said that they were scarier than the Adams Family, and that's not exactly the best thing you can say. <laughs> um, so they actually improved and gone back and like taken notes and redesigned human characters. Right? I, mean, I say human characters, not know the technically the, the Adams Family are human too, <laughs> but you know my point. Anyway, um... They're not human. <laughs> They're cartoons. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but, um, but they basically, for the average everyday people, they went back and redesigned them. So they're a lot better to look at. And, uh, you know, even if you have your issues with it, I'd still say they look a lot better than they did before. I could definitely, definitely say that. Um, and, uh, I guess we'll have the return of Snoop Dogg as well as Cousin It. Um... And it's I didn't funny even know he did that. Roll up in the trailer to another Snoop Dogg song. So I'm like, yep, yeah, this is. 
Oh, I I didn't know that. That just makes you. You didn't know that. (laughs) So, cousin, its speech in the first one was Snoop Dogg, and they were doing like you know the the backwards. You know, they were just playing his audio backwards and changing the pitch and stuff. Oh God! (laughs) When will you stop, Hollywood? But then again, I I don't mind Snoop Dogg appearing and stuff. It's just because I don't think anybody expected it. So when it happened, everyone's like, oh. (laughs) So, I mean, mean, you don't see what Cousin did is besides that he's hair. So, (laughs) So sure, why not have him be Snoop Dogg? Um, And, uh, but yeah, it's supposed to be family road trip. That's as much as I can say based off of the trailer. Um... But I don't know. There's not much else, not much other details besides that other than, yeah, the Adams are obviously going to cause mayhem everywhere they go. <laughs> and uh, actually now there's also some reveal that uh, I guess uh, Wednesday has a uh, a voodoo doll of Pugsley and it actually works. And so <laughs> so she's able, like, anytime the voodoo doll gets, like, lifted, so does he. He gets, like, lifted off the ground as if some... some ethereal force is picking him up off the ground uh so so there's that (laughs) um but yeah i don't know we'll we'll see what we'll see what else comes out of this because actually i i actually enjoyed the first one yeah it's not a perfect film but i enjoyed it i was happy i saw it uh so we'll see what happens with the with the sequel i don't know if it'll be the same fare or if it'll be a next step up i could at least say that the designs of the people outside of the adams family look a lot better you're so much more so. Op- optimistic than i am i'm just like we don't need sneak dog it's because it but, come on guys but, like it matters when his his voice is played backwards and it's pitch changed it's just even funnier because every now and then you'll hear the the words he's saying and it's basically like his slang whenever he's like you know like the faux shizzle kind of stuff so when you're hearing these like little you know snoop dog isms in there it's kind of like uh you know you go oh haha i don't know maybe it doesn't bother me as much yeah Normally some I, things like that would bother me but d- i don't know it amuses me you you do you you do you <laughs> okay anyway, i think that's it for the updates <laughs> okay what are we what are we doing talking about today so we're talking about luca hello if you haven't uh if you haven't again if you haven't gotten onto disney plus yet please get on there do yourself a favor luca is is free with the service there's no upcharge at 30 dollars for this one which i am really hoping that disney eventually abandons that whole thing um so far two pixar movies in a row that have gotten a straight up release onto disney plus um have had had no upcharge of $30. So there you go. Uh, but Luca is a lot of fun. If you like Italy and if you like pasta, I know this sounds like, like a bunch of stereotypes. Oh, can I, stuff, can I make an ad? Li- so my, my friend took me to the farmer's market the other day. Um, and I've never, I guess I never had like pasta made from scratch before. Ooh. Holy crap. It's, it was like, like a like a like a would you have it with like, like what a religious kind of sauce? Ex- like um made from scratch pesto. Ooh, oh, there you go. And then it's like if you want to, if you ever wonder what pesto Godly pasta experience. tastes like, God, it's 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 fantastic. So uh, you'll be seeing a lot of it in Luca if you haven't seen it yet. But then again, we're talking about Luca here today. So if you haven't seen it, why are you here? Unless you're here for spoilers. So um, I don't know. It's 
it was I, I literally went right I mean not even a week after seeing Luca I went to an Italian place for the first time in a long time and I had pasta so because I was really craving it so um but yeah uh I I absolutely adored Luca it was so much more than I was thinking it was gonna be um and it provides a lot more it, you know what it I don't know what if people had a lot of issues with the with it being a smaller scale story, I, I don't listen to any of those articles because you know what? If you think that you can't handle a Ghibli movie that's going to take its time in setting us a scene, giving us a taste of the setting and letting us actually sit and enjoy it for a little bit and have it give me a smaller scale story like Kiki's Delivery Service kind of thing, like uh, takes place in one one town or whatnot or one area. If you can't handle that, I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. You just got to learn to slow down and enjoy these kinds of little slice of life stories a little bit, because that's what this is. It's a slice of life story with sea monsters in Italy, <laughs> and and in a town that's very much inspired by the by uh, Cinque Terre, which is uh, a real place in Italy, which has the houses stacked on each other on cliff sides like they are in the movie, um, and actually. There is also a, a general time frame, which is about the late 50s, early 60s in Italy, by the way. Um, I was genuinely curious if they were doing it, like, if they there was a defined time or if it was something like one of those, like, uh, you know, like sometimes when something looks like it's a period piece, but it's timeless in its way where it doesn't mention the time or period that it's in. You know what I mean? Where it's, mm-hmm. I don't know. It it's just felt like, like that. Yeah, they don't have anything specific, like. Uh, like there's a gramophone in there, but uh, like a they have the player. they had the Vespa, I guess, which is oh, the look, biggest. This, yes, the Vespa being a plot point, and I'm like that is the best product placement right there is to is to have a Vespa in the movie and have it get and have it literally be a plot point. Um, but uh, and I was seeing a lot of people having there was well I wouldn't say a lot of people but a number of comments saying like. Like, they don't understand why. If, like, oh, the kids want a Vespa. What's the big deal? I'm like, do you, did you not pay attention that the whole point of the story for them to get the Vespa is because Luca and Alberto want to go see the world and experience everything and be free? And the v- Vespa is their ticket to freedom as far as they can gauge. So, uh, <laughs> like, how do you, how do you not gauge anyway? So. <laughs> I think people take it too literally. They're just like, oh, you know, they like Vespa isn't the key to happiness. Like you can't get like they don't understand these kids don't have the worldview knowledge to understand. Like they can't really get far and like what's gas and like what's eating, you know, shit like that. So. Yeah. So uh, I guess to sum it up, uh, in case you're we're before we get too far into any of the discussion, to sum it up, Luca is the story. It's a a coming of age story about a young sea monster boy named Luca, who makes friends with another sea monster boy named Alberto, uh, who tells him about the wonders of the world and the human world as he understands it, right? And and uh, basically entices him with the excitement of adventure and seeing the world, that he doesn't have to be stuck underwater. So, uh, and so he tells him that, you know, the, the ticket to freedom is is where they could get a Vespa and see the world, and their way of getting a Vespa would be having to go to the human uh, this human town nearby, Porto Rosso, which was definitely named after Porco Rosso because this movie very much is inspired by Studio Ghibli. Oh yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of Ghibliisms in this movie, by the way. A lot there was of even like one of the references uh, and character designs and one yeah. of the animators, sorry, um one of the animators did a version of uh Luca and Alberto as in studio Ghibli style, right? Like little mm-hmm. like gif of them on the Vespa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very much so. And uh it was absolutely precious. Um and and the whole movie is if you like those slice of life studio Ghibli movies that have that watercolor feel uh, and it's just very comfortable and cozy and just like a warm hug. That's what a Ghibli movie, I feel like, even even if in its most intense moments, it seems like because it's a movie that's so gorgeous visually and it just wraps you up in its environment, you feel like you're there and it feels comfortable. So it's like, uh, that's how, what this movie feels like, is Pixar's warm hug. <laughs> that it's, uh, uh, and so anyway, they, uh, so they end up going to, this human village, I wouldn't say human village, it is a town, uh, and there they make friends with the human girl named Julia, who uh, whose father is a fisherman, and it turns out this whole town hates sea monsters, reportedly, and so they have to hide the fact that they are sea monsters visiting in a town full of humans uh, that hate sea monsters. So if you, and, and this definitely, this has to do with, uh, this will segue into the obvious uh, allegory that the film is giving, even though it was not the director's intention. Uh, but we can, we'll, we'll talk about that in a point here. Uh, but yeah, I guess you could say it is kind of more or less like, like what you mentioned once. It was, uh, it's Little Mermaid kind of, sort of Italian Little Mermaid. Yeah, it was, it had a Little Mermaid vibe at the beginning, like in the first 20 minutes. I'm just like, huh, but the, they already made that movie, so what's, what, what do you do in there, um, Luca? Yeah, but it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's its own little thing, and I really do love it. It's, uh, it's very, and, uh, gosh, you will get hungry watching this, so get some pasta ready. They actually released the recipe for the pesto pasta that they have in the movie on their, if I believe, I, I saw it on their Twitter. I think it was on I the Disney Twitter but um... yeah but but you can even look up like other recipes for like it. i'm sure there's like even uh web pages that will have it if you want to google it the pesto pasta from luca uh because it's a simple yet effective recipe and it's and, and again pesto pasta is delicious even if it's not the one directly from luca pesto just makes everything better um and uh but, but yeah it's it's this whole journey of these two two boys that are from a different world and they want to see the rest of the human world and see what it has to offer. And I especially like that, how, how pretty much bullheaded and calm and overconfident that, uh, Alberto is. And it's because, I mean, obviously because of what we come to understand later about him is that, um, but I do love that he, you know, Oh, the stars in the sky are, are anchovies. (laughs) <laughs> i was i was i was waiting for there to be a, a lion king reference because that's like <laughs> they're fireflies stuck in that big bluish black I, thing <laughs> i expected someone to say like oh i thought they were fireflies it's just like as a nod i thought they were the big same... balls of gas burning billions of miles away <laughs> the same thing you, you can't like uh but it's really cute. I just, I like that he has, tries to have this, like, explanation for everything going, like, you know, I, again, I, the one of the best character setups for him is the moment that went viral before the movie was released, which was when he gives the handshake to Luca, 
and he says stuff in Italian. It basically, it was like a, a greeting in Italian. Then he goes, you know, it's like, you know, it's it's a human thing, kind of an expert. And he goes, okay, what's it mean? And he kind of just bites his lip with his still wall, still wall maintaining the confident stance. Like, you know, the thing you just said? Come on, let's go. Like, they like completely brush past the fact that he can't explain it. Um, <laughs> still, just like, yeah, the character animation in this is really great, too. Uh, just everything looks so wonderfully different from from other Pixar movies and I like that they're trying to go with these stylistically different looks for at least as far as I know they're trying to go a different direction with the next slate of of, of Pixar movies yeah uh, different character designs and the way they have the uh uh I guess you could say kind of like uh I don't want to say bean mouth because it's like <laughs> everyone goes oh it's the it's the Kel arts like stop that argument it's uh but it is kind of like that sort of style i want to say kind of sort of like steven universe or any of this like uh, the modern cartoon character designs that have the mouth shape but um but at the same time it's got that pixar flair and then on top of that it's got the ghibli inspiration so it's obviously meant to be like an homage to a different art style and yeah it's a it's it's very it's very nice and fun and and different and very and uh very reminiscent to me, at least, of, like, what Sony and Blue Sky were able to do with, like, breaking their character models to and rigging to, to make certain mouth shapes or, or uh, you know, like, uh, I guess you could say, like, character model deformations um, happen. Yeah, it just, I think a lot of the circular shapes just are pleasing, um, just to look at. Mm-hmm. It's like like it felt like a movie that you've seen even though you didn't see it yet. Like that's, I think what you were talking about when it feels comfortable because like yeah, you know I I didn't really know what to expect going in besides people saying oh it's great it's great it's great and I was like yeah but like so what people said is great and like I have problems I'm I'm weird like I'm not particularly a fan of BoJack Horseman I say I've watched the whole thing and I understand its critique it can be helpful to see a character go through those kind of things mental health-wise, but Bojack as a character is so toxic that it's just not... Oh, yeah, he's not in, supposed to be something... You, he's not supposed to be a character that you glorify or... or yeah, anything. so you it's just, just like... You know oh, he's flawed. Oh, like, this is, this, is, this is hard to watch, you know? Like, I don't enjoy watching this. So I know if you empathize with Bojack more, then your experience will be different, but... You know, by season three or four, I was just like, okay, I'm tired of this. Like, you need to stop being stupid. So, um, <laughs> you know, but if you're if you're not, if you don't know that much about mental health, then it can be kind of like, oh, that makes sense. And I like how some media is shifting that way where, you know, they're using psychology to kind of dive into characters. And then you learn about yourself along the way. That's fine. But just like. Bojack. I think that happened a lot in like the later seasons of Steven Universe and like Steven Universe Future in particular. Yeah, yeah, but Steven's um, but like not an asshole, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I mean, like, I'm talking about like taking the the psychological aspects and exploring those and being able to present them in a cartoon format, which yeah. is like where it means like it's accessible not just to kids but to adults as well, mm-hmm. and in a and presented in a way that is easily understandable. Yeah, and. Even if it's sometimes hard to stomach, you at least get, you at least understand it and you can visualize it in that way. Yeah. I think that's extremely, extremely helpful to have, even if it's not everybody's cup of tea. Some It speaks to some people, somebody, you know? 
So, um, I don't know where I was going with this, but, um, I, I think it, I think it was because it was, um, like you, you, it was coming from something that felt comfortable, I guess, uh, with Luca being something comfortable and familiar. Yeah. But still having something to say. Like still critically acclaimed, but critically acclaimed doesn't mean it's going to work for everyone. Like it's kind of like three, you know, you like it. But I think on a deeper level, like, for you to really love a movie, you either have to really, really like it aesthetically, and you can't really articulate why, or you relate to the characters on a really deep level, and you can't really... That's going to work on a case-by-case basis for everyone. So, like, a movie can be great, but, you know, you might be like, okay, but I'm not, like, crazy about it. So it it de- it depends on what how you tick and what things you react to for you to be, like, go down, in Lauren's case, like, the loop on hole or whatever... <laughs> now I have to draw everything. So, um yeah, everything there you know things resonate with different people and um again, like art art is is fantastic in that way and cinema falls into that. It's 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 up to you whether whether you it it, it strikes a certain chord with you. It's mm-hmm. subjective. Yeah. Um let's see if there's anything else. Um Oh, did you? Well, we could talk about the commentary that, like, okay, so um, even though it was not the director's original intention of of the moral of the story, uh, but it is about, like, like he said, I wanted to come across with a message about, you know, this is this one goes out to all the kids who feel that, or anybody that feels different, like an outsider in a community. Or oh, is it, like is there that. a gay allegory that's theory that's going around? Uh, not just a theory. Like he definitely said, like even though it wasn't the intention, he left it open ended to be like, if that's what you see in the story, then you are more than welcome to see it. Like he's like not saying it's it was something that he intended from the get go, but he's happy that people are able to see, have it resonate in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that it feels like you know people who are different, they don't have to feel like they have to hide themselves. Mm-hmm. Like they like out Al- Luca and Alberto um, have been. Uh, they they're them hiding their true selves in a society that hates them is very much an allegory for uh for what a lot of people feel like it is particularly for the gay community Mm -hmm. um so that's a lot of and that's been resonating with a lot of people and i've been seeing them all with their experiences and saying how much it resonated why luca was so important to them so i think that's like incredible and incredibly powerful for something that uh, it's even a small slice of life film can carry something so powerful. Um, it doesn't have to have a lot to get the point across, you know? Yeah. And um, and at the same time, it can also be an allegory for, for again, anybody that feels different. It could be, and, and then there's even a message at the very end saying, like, you know, it's almost like finding your people. You know, mm-hmm. not everybody will like you, but you find, you go out and you find the good ones and you keep those close. You know, so it's, uh, there's going to, you'll find your tribe basically. Um, and, uh, and I think that's like a fantastic message to have, even though it seems like it's something that could be said in a lot of different shows or different movies, the way that they treat it here is something that's very palatable for so many people. And it resonates in that way because of it being so openly interpreted Mm-hmm. That and and in all its different ways that it's able to do that, it's nice. It doesn't pigeonhole it into one thing or another. Um, it's also not um, 
it doesn't talk down. It's not like so oversimplified that like it is like you said, it is like a Ghibli movie. Like it's not over so over so oversimplified that it's like, you know, just the audience like doesn't really care. It's just like not really fun to watch just because, oh, you know, like I didn't know as someone who's consumed a lot, a lot, a lot of media, I wasn't sure 120% which way it was going to go. And that's what you're looking for because, you know, you weren't sure, you know, there was going to be something going on like near the end of the second act and stuff like that to have some hiccup with the race or something like that. But you just weren't, wasn't sure how it was going to happen. And you think the yeah. antagonist dude was going to be uh, something. I, let's let's talk about er- Ercole, okay? Okay. He's- <laughs> I like that they had him be an outright, like an outright butt, okay? No no twist villain. You just know right from the get-go, this guy's an asshole. <laughs> so it's just like, I, I appreciated that they even kept it that simple. That I'm like, they had nuance in every other aspect, which is fine. And actually, there's a little bit of that nuance in Ercole's uh, character as well. Especially where he, I think it's also in the point where uh when we first see him up, uh, uh applying for the race and they said you know you're he said something like, when when he, they try to stop and going like but you were uh what was it like, you said you, you were 16 last year aren't you a little old for this and he said you were 16 last year he's like no but this year i actually am or something like saying he's like he's obviously like the kind of guy that'll go into competitions made for kids and and try to hold himself to the the higher bar being like i'm so much better than you like literally you are competing against other children with like are younger than you how dare you <laughs> but all to feel like some kind of a superior superiority kind yeah you already kind of feel like like he's he's like it's like he's already out of his element in to be antist antistical so you kind of know like if you put the pieces together you probably understand that he's just really self-conscious and he needs to have some sort of control over people in order to feel validated and stuff like that he needs a constant external validation that's why he has the two cronies that hang around him that Mm -hmm. you could tell they really don't even like him but they're around because they know that it's like if they were on the other end of who he bullies and stuff it's better to be behind him than in front of him right so it's like but it's so funny that the town literally just does not like him <laughs> because he's such a pain. Um, but uh, but at the same time, you know, it, it did actually, you brought up a point that made me think about it in a, in a way of like, wow, it says a lot when all of a sudden I had the realization that he himself, because of that, is also an outsider. He just doesn't see it that way. He thinks of himself as above everybody, but he's still very much an outsider because... Again, he's like uh, he is like the teenager that competes with the little kids to feel some si- some kind of superiority when all the it's it's like it's just <laughs> when he himself is an outsider and then he targets other outsiders and bullies them. It says a lot. It's, it it is about like the bully complex when you when the bully feels like they are threatened or they are out of place and they make and they feel bad about themselves and they constantly make other people feel bad to bring them down. So that they feel better about themselves. That's absolutely what it is. Yeah. But it's just interesting that I thought about, like, wait, he himself is too an outsider. Like, even in his own, even in the, in the little town that he lives in, nobody likes him. Yeah. (laughs) And he acts like everybody does. 
I think if we were to get, like, a Luca series or something like that, or a miniseries, where we could, like, now Alberto is ostracized from everyone, and, like, he has to go through some character growth. Not that I'm saying, like, redeem him or whatever, as every all the kids are in oh, I think you mean Ercole. Okay, whatever, whatever. Yeah, Alberto. Best... Alberto gets I don't accepted, even... but these, these Italian names are hard for my <laughs> small brain. Anyway, um, so, um, I think you know, there could be some kind of character arc or some kind of kind of, some kind of understanding in there. And it was implied in the movie, but not in a way that he was really willing to go, undergo change to be a better person yeah. because he just, he just like, kind got of high. more or less got his comeuppance. Yeah. That was so, it. you know, I bet, you know, like, like, how does he have the Vespa? Who's giving him money to get this Vespa? Who's, who's co- tolerating him just competing with, with these children are not paying attention enough that he's like even noticing like my theory you know. is that his parents literally they they pay him for they pay for all of his stuff and they're like yeah get the vespa just to get you out of the house because i don't want to deal with you like literally <laughs> like that's how i see it is like they literally like kind of like pay him to go away and he just thinks oh cool toys like it's <laughs> the moral like, of the story it, is everyone needs therapy <laughs> But um, but yeah, that that was a whole other thing, and especially with the way he becomes like, even though you know he's not really a dramatic threat in the grand scheme of things, he becomes across very much threatening to the, especially to the perspective of a kid, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and especially when when uh, Luca and Alberto are, are outed as monster as sea monsters during the race. And he's coming at him like on a bike with a freaking sh- like fishing spear. <laughs> just, like fucking. I'm like he's ready to re- freaking. He is ready to skewer these kids in the middle of a race. I'm <laughs> like, don't you um, have something better to do? <laughs> I know, and especially when it seems like even though there's people in the town who are you know up in arms and well ready to we're ready with nets and stuff like that. It says a lot about the upbringing too. It's just that he's a product of his environment when you have the kid going like you know when you have air coli especially when there was the whole point of you know they're saying you know what we didn't do anything to you it's like we're not afraid of you no but we're afraid of you everybody hates you and despises you like literally he goes off of this parroting what people what all the adults have told him in the in in the town and what what they're being brought up to say because he is he is a product of his environment so he's going to be saying that stuff and it's very clear in what the adults do too with the exception of you know Julia's dad but mm-hmm. um Julia's dad was the best character by I love Julia yes and 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 freaking Machiavelli the cat I couldn't tell you I most perfect name for a cat I don't know <laughs> it was and it was great to have them like visually match it was coordinate it was cute I love them and and on top of that, uh, Julia's dad having, when he's missing an arm, and it's not because of, like, an injury or anything. He was literally born with one arm. Yeah. I think that says, uh, that was cool that they had that in there as a feature. And it's not, like, a huge plot point. It's just, like, it's, but it's a little glimpse into him as a character, which is really nice. When he's just like, I came into the world like this. Yeah. I'm like, I love that. I really love that. And he's like, just, he's not he's embarrassed just... about it too. He's just like, cause no. he knows like people, the kids will notice cause it's an, ab- it's an uh, ab- abnormality words. So, yeah, but it's like, and it shows that he's still a highly capable fisherman with it. So it's, so, I mean, and he's awesome. I, I he's one of my, I think 
I a lot of people are saying, you know, oh, he's my favorite character. I'm like, yeah, I kind of feel that. It's like he and the cat are great together, and especially the the cat being so highly suspicious of Luca. Did you see my meme about? uh, Did you see my my Luca meme like a couple days ago? Maybe like a week ago. Uh, I I might have missed it. Which one was it? Oh, it was just like if I had a nickel for every time Disney made relatable father figure sailor dads with one arm i'd I'd have two nickels which isn't a lot but it's weird that it happened it's happened twice (laughs) yeah you're right you're right you're right but yeah i man i could go on about about luca and how wonderful it is uh and yeah some people can complain that the ending was rushed oh it was a quick happily ever after i'm like are you really going to complain about that when they had all this time that you're getting used to the characters isn't it okay that that you can have like a simple happily ever after kind of thing i mean it's still open-ended as to what happens with the kids from that point yeah like, like luke is gonna go off to school to human school and alberta's gonna be it basically this is a is uh julia's new adopted brother so it's like there's all these things that um are still left open-ended and seeing like what their what lies in store for their connections and what they learn from the world and all that stuff and what Luca brings back and his experiences from school and you know that's what I like is that they still leave it open-ended even though it's a happy ending it's an open-ended happy ending um I guess they kind of sort of illustrate it too in in the credits so please watch the credits it's really cute oh, oh um speaking of credits let's talk of- about the number one character in the entire film that whose voice actor completely, you know, completely blindsided me. I was not expecting him to be in there, but he was there. You want to, let's talk about Uncle Ugo. <laughs> oh, I was going to say before that, do, do we want to do a spoiler warning to like put before? Uh, I guess we could say a preface before this. Uh, we're, we're, well, I already said we're, we're here talking about Luca. If you haven't seen it by now, and you're here listening to a podcast about Luca. We're going to be talking about spoilers. Okay, as long it's as you been said a few that, weeks. Fine. It's been a few weeks, almost a month. So I think we're okay. Okay. Um, but uh, but I was going to say Uncle Hugo. <laughs> Is that John Rothenberger? No, it was Sasha Baron Cohen. Oh, I was not what? expecting him to. He, I was not expecting him to roll up to the party, but there he was. Uh, what a fun design too! Just being like a deep sea sea monster, <laughs> where he's like translucent and he needs his because of the 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 um, difference in uh, pressure that when he comes up to this like when it comes up to shallow water that his heart stops and he needs to have it like jumpstart because the water pressure is different, so he's not. <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I don't know, and then him talking about how like, there's literally nothing to do down in the down in the dark. You just like you just like just float around, do nothing, but you get all this whale meat that drifts down from the whale carcasses. And <laughs> oh, um, spe- speaking of other characters, Grandma was cool. Oh, she was cool. I loved how she was just like she'll let Luca go out and just explore and be a kid. Like, yeah, cool, yeah. Grandma. I love her and. And especially when it is so implied that because she showed she's so chill about him doing all that, all that easy foreshadowing as to what she does too. So it's, I love that she's like, yeah, I beat a guy at, you know, I beat a guy at chess once up there, <laughs> something like that. It was, 
But I, I do love that they have that those little inklings of foreshadowing. Simple yeah. and effective. Yeah, but it it is like, yeah, it, it, I can't for the movie it, for the for the type of movie it was. I can't really think of anything that they could have done to make it really really great. I like other Pixar movies better, but that's just preference. At the end of the day, it's nothing. I think Luca could have done to improve specifically. Do you have any points of like things you think they could have done better, or you think it was pretty? pretty I mean, solid? like I'm okay with how, again. Like I'm kind of like I'm okay with how it ended and stuff like that. But I do agree that you know, rushing to the end and saying, "Oh, everything's okay." Yeah, I feel like they could have paced that a little bit differently, or or written it to a point where they say, you know, it's got to be something that's a process of acceptance. Instead mm-hmm. of just right out going like, oh, we're okay now, you know? But but at the same time, I'm like, it works for a smaller story like this that feels kind of like a fairy tale. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's like, but I do agree that a lot of people were like, you know, they kind of rushed to the ending. I'm like, well, yeah, that tends to happen with a lot of like kind of fairy tales type stories. They live happily ever after. But um, uh, that probably would be my main critique. I mm-hmm. I know there's like all the whole like oh monsters revealed. I think what I think what punches harder in this movie than I feel like in some other cases is especially when Alberto is outed mm-hmm. and Luca turns. Oh on yeah, him because he's that, that that was hard. That oh. hurt so bad. Just like ooh, and especially because you've had all this set up to show their connection. And how much he learned, Luca learned from Alberto and that their friendship and how much they depend on each other and, and lean on each other as friends. That it, like when that happens, it, it is a sucker punch to the gut. And it's like, oof. Um, but I, I didn't have an issue with it, though. It's just, it's just a, it, but it definitely hits. So if you're, I'm sure anybody else listening to this one, uh, to this and saw the movie yeah, it probably hit the same way too, and for some it hit more than others. Uh, so it's just like I don't know. It's it's it, but yeah, that is especially one of those things. It's like oh, the top ten anime betrayals. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but uh, but what's cool is uh, Julia being totally chill afterwards. Going like she finally gets anchovies in the sky. That's why, <laughs> like suddenly two and two goes together. Uh, but because she's savvy you can tell she is but then she's just like why am i trying like i'm trying to figure this out why are they kind of like acting like this is a weird thing but you know i'm not gonna have a problem with it it's this their thing but then it's like anchovies in the sky now i get it (laughs) (laughs) but uh man i don't i don't think i really have any other issues with it um again simple story it didn't have to be anything complex, and I like that. I like that it was a smaller story. It didn't have to be big to tell something big. Mm-hmm. So, and it's, uh, and I, and like Ratatouille is my top favorite Pixar film. Mm-hmm. It felt like it can, it like, I won't top Ratatouille for me, but it gets up there pretty close because of how much of it being a comfort film it is with how, and it's in the colors and the location and uh, and just the characters and it just being... And Ratatouille, even though it takes place, it's a rat in a big world, it still doesn't mean... it does. The world isn't huge in Ratatouille, like the where it takes place. It's yeah. like, it's the sewers and the kitchen. So yeah, it's 
it stays, or at least in the restaurant, it stays pretty small too, but it tells a big story using a small space. Mm-hmm. And, I, and so that's why I think I like both of those kinds of sto- stories so much. It says a lot by not having to be a huge grand cross-country adventure. It's it's all about the characters and how they interact with each other. Yeah. So I, and that's that's very much a, a parallel between uh, Ratatouille and Luca for me. <sighs> yeah. Um. I don't really think I have anything else. I just wanted to add, like, I thought it was a nice touch that, like, and why I think the ending worked for me and why I didn't have those particular pacing issues is because, like, dad, um, sailor dad comes to save the day and he kind of, like, there's hints in the foreshadowing as far as him feeling bad that uh, Alberto and Luca just left and doesn't understand why, but he sees that she's mm-hmm. so happy that he's just going to vouch for them. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, I want him as, you know, I want, I want him in more movies. No, I want a short with them, like fishing or yeah, something Yeah, please like can that. we get a short with, I hope we do get a Luca short of some sort. Uh, yeah. I'd love to see that. I'm sure with enough demand, we could get one. You can but... <laughs> even do like a non-verbal one of them just going to fish. And then there's just like, you know, there's some kind of shenanigans of them not finding any fish. Oh, and yeah. Like, cut, cut, cut. And then ends like with them like having a lot of fish and it's like a postcard to the other two and you know hire me picture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a good a, brain. Yeah. But the uh yeah, I yeah, I, I I love this movie. I just it's just man, I again, very few issues I actually have with it just like I said, like I was I'm actually okay with the ending, but I could at the same time say, okay, yeah, it could be paced a little bit differently in some ways, but I still don't really have an issue with how it ends. So, it's me being nitpicky at that point. Um, yeah. Um, because otherwise, I, guess I can... love what they do with them. Yeah, go watch it if you haven't seen it. Um, I would recommend... And if you're here, go watch it again. If, you, if you've seen it already, go watch it again. Eat some pasta. Um, yeah, I would recommend that if you... Yeah, eat pasta while you watch it. Especially do what I did. Eat pasta right at Vespa. <laughs> Go to the farmer's market, get homemade pasta, and then, you know, you don't have to do anything ever for the... Re- you're like, everything's cured. Your depression's cured, everything. So, um... Um, anyway, uh, last announcement for the class, I guess, before you wrap. So, I am trying... If you're interested in being social, um... Like, I don't know. People people are kind of hit or miss as, as far as the KP stuff these days, so it's hard to tell. I'm hoping conventions make me feel better, because everyone will be like, yay, I like your content. I'm like... Yay, please watch it. I got a comment of, like a, a week ago because we inadvertently took a month off. I didn't mean to, but uh, the Castlevania review just took a really long time because we got it out like a week after this, the show dropped um, and then no one still watched it, so it's fine. Um, but anyway, uh, if you're interested in being social and interacting with the community thing, whatever I call it... Um, we're doing gate. We're doing movie day nights things um, again. So there's a new person running them. Um, they're streamed via Discord, which is something that is relatively new that we're that Discord implemented. So you don't have to download anything extra to watch the movies. And it's just like you know, I think this week we'll probably end up streaming um, Spirit of, Spirit Away, for instance. So those are at three p.m. Uh, Eastern, if you want to join, obviously they're free. Um, if you if you want to, 
Um, I, sometimes I go, but don't count on me on for going. But, you know, I don't know, post-COVID, if you're lonely and want movies to do. And there should be a link in the About page of the, the YouTube thing. The, the YouTube channel page uh, if you can't find it anywhere else. And if you don't know what Discord is, you can Google that. Not the character. Um, you can Google dis- the Discord <laughs> app and learn all about that if you want to. But uh, yeah, if you want to social, yeah, if you want to be a social, then that is a avenue that is available for you for free. So, so 3 p.m. Eastern is our movie times on Saturdays. All right, any other Notes you want to end on, Lauren? Uh, no, I don't think so. Other than go watch Luca. Good summer movie, too, by the way. Total yeah. summer vacation vibes. Go eat some pasta. Go write a Vespa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and go watch I... some Ghibli movies, like, like Spirited Away, like she said. So, I mean, get some good vibes going. Yeah, and I think for the rest of the summer, I'll probably release episodes, like, every two weeks or so, which is kind of what's been happening. So, um, again, if you're new or you're not new, I bet you haven't listened to all 51 episodes or whatever it is. So, go ahead and do that. Come back. Share. Like. Comment. Whatever. Have a good summercation, KP-inators. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Communicators. I'll, yeah, I know. I was just trying to be, like... Um, clever but then spontaneous <laughs> all right have see you guys next time sometime good night everybody bye thank you so much for listening to animation communication on youtube spotify or your favorite podcast provider we are really hoping this show makes a difference in how people view animation and media as well as giving and providing advice for people all over the world who like or want to join the animation or media industry. If you liked what you heard, please remember to subscribe and rate those five stars, as well as tell your friends. Don't forget to subscribe to our main YouTube channel, I Love Kim Possible A Lot, and turn those notifications on. My name is Scribbler, and you have been listening to Animation Communication.